Welcome to the Wellness Guys Show with wellness experts Dr. Damien Christoph and Dr. Brett Hill. This episode of the Wellness Guys is brought to you by the all-new Sprouted Forage Cereal Breakfast Range. Did you know that when you sprout your nuts and your seeds, you can access more of the nutrition? Well, now you do. To find out more, visit www.foragecereal.com. Welcome to the Wellness Guys. This is Damien. And this is Brett. Now, Brett, I'm going to call you Brett today. Um, Brett? And not and not Bretto. <laughs> I know where you're going with this. We had someone send me an email, um, and I'm going to call it out. Some little sook um, said that our man love, me calling you Bretto and you yep. calling me Damo, makes her sick, and we should stop it. She enjoyed listening to Lawrence, Brett, and Damien, um, but not Bretto and Damo. Well, you know what? There's so many other podcasts out there. Just go listen to them. <laughs> if you don't want to listen to us, we enjoy having fun. We give our time freely every single week for nearly eight years, and you've listened yep. to us nonstop. You've never donated. I don't even know whether or not you've bought forage. But i tell you what, you send me an email and you complain because we call each other Bretto and Damo. If I was on Triple M, I'd tell you to get stuffed, but I'm not on Triple M, so I won't. <laughs> but all I'm going to say is that, you know what, we do this for love, not money, and uh, and we're trying to help people out. So give us a break. And you know what, Damo, for, for, that one, for every one of those one, well, there was only one email ever complaining about us being too blokey and liking each other too much because that's such a horrible thing. Yeah. Um, there, there, was, there would be 50, 100 of them which said, we love the fact that you guys aren't so serious. That it is actually entertaining. That we laugh as we listen in, so we get to learn <laughs> stuff. But it's not yeah. as it's not dry. It's not boring. So, exactly. Um, exactly. You know, I, I think more people like us having a bit of banter and giving each other a bit of rubbish, and yeah, maybe maybe even talking about cricket and football. That might be a stretch. <laughs> well, uh, but you know, I think people that. do appreciate that and like that demo. So Me I too. think we can Me we can too. let that one pass through to the keeper just to use a little <laughs> bit more cricket for her because I know she'd probably. I'm sure she doesn't like, like us talking about cricket either. No, no, no I'm sure she doesn't. <laughs> might not even know what cricket is. Well, um, you got you got my goat. Whoever you are, I know who you are and who you, you know, but you got my goat because we do this every single week and we love doing it and sharing information. You took exception to the fact that Brett and I are mates. So, um, you know, take your man love and listen to another podcast. So, Bretto, we're talking about the Eat Lancet Commission thing last mm. week. Um, yeah. You and I and chatted I about it. it. It caught us a bit by surprise. I had my father-in-law um, say 37 or 30 plus experts in the world, world experts have come together to pull together cutting edge science and research to make recommendations that will save the planet, change our diet, improve the health of the world, um, extend longevity, decrease disease, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And you and I kind of smelled a rat. And it's not the first it's been, time. It's been really hot in Adelaide this week. It's been really hot. It's 37 degrees today. Yes, and yes. so we've been sort of leaving this Eat Lancet diet out in the sun for the week. And it is just <laughs> getting really, a little bit smelly. The, the more really we look smelly. at it, the more it yeah. just gets a little bit smelly. It's just not right, Damo. Yeah, really, absolutely. There's a few things in the Eat Lancet diet that I really like, like some concepts around let's help the planet be healthy. What yeah. a great concept. Um, another concept about eating more plants. It's a great concept. Yeah. Um, maybe eating a little less animal protein and having more 
uh, plant-based proteins in your diet. I can't see that as being a big problem. However, where it falls apart is where the information comes from. And then you need to uh, consider whether or not this is real science or questionable science and whether or not we've seen this sort of behavior um, in the past. And may- maybe we might mention the word statin drugs, um, word statin drugs, um, because it really reeks and smells of something really similar to that. And uh, so maybe we could just get stuck into a little bit of expose. Yeah. On, well, on I, where I kind of felt like I kind of felt like we're going back to the eighties, demo As I was reading through it, I, I felt like it just kind of felt like the whole Ansel Keys all over again. Like we've taken a little bit of information and then extrapolated it out to mean a whole lot of things, which it didn't actually even say in the first place. Yes. And then decided that we're going to try and change the eating habits of the entire population for quote unquote for their health improvements um and you know we saw how well that worked with us with with the no fat movement and how well that's still working for us because it still kind of just hangs around like a bad smell uh but we saw how well that worked and now now it seems like we're doing the same thing again so let's talk about some of those things Dave. i mean the recommendation to eat vegetables and you know when you think about that what what do you think of when you hear someone recommending a diet full of vegetables damo um, I think of being healthy. Like for me, a diet full of vegetables sounds like a whole food diet, potentially maybe a paleo type diet or an ancestral style diet, something that would indicate um, a good, healthy approach to eating well. So lots yeah. of vegetables. And if you what want to sort of vegetables do you it, think of when you hear that though, Damo? What sort? Green leafy vegetables, kale, broccoli, Brussels sprouts, cabbage, cauliflower, you know, all of those sorts of things, carrots, zucchini, cucumber. Um, red capsicum, green capsicum, yellow capsicum, tomatoes, all that's a fruit, etc., etc., etc. That's what yeah. I'm thinking about. Me too, Damo, me too. And, and as we sort of were looking at it, you know, superficially last week and we were saying, well, you know, vegetables are great. You know, we're okay with people saying eat more vegetables. We think that's a great idea. But as you look closer into this diet, and we'll talk about some of the influences that may have come into this diet later because they're really important, particularly in this case, Damo. But as you look into the diet, you realize that it's not necessarily those vegetables that we're thinking of. It's what, when they're talking they about going to a plant-based diet. It, it's much more wheat, grains, and soya. You know, are the predominant yeah. things, and and legumes are the predominant things we're seeing in there. It, it's not your kale and your broccoli and your capsicum and your, you know, all of those things we think of when we think of vegetables. So well, no, straight no, away, it's, it's different to what we thought it was. Let's be really, really careful with our vernacular. Let's be careful with our words here because, Bretto, if we say, if we transpose the word plant-based and automatically assume vegetable-based, yes. um, that's where we'll get tripped up. So what these guys have said is we need to move to a more plant-based diet. So what they've yes. done in terms of the selection of that, they've looked at the higher higher protein uh, vegetable sources of uh, of food and or plant sources of food. And so they've gone for grains, legumes, um, soy, and what was the other one that you said? Maybe that's the three. They're the three. So it, it, was, it was just wheat, wheat, so which is grains. You know, so grains. it's the same yeah. thing. And, and, yeah. and it's a great point, Damon, because that is where, like, when I when I read the plant base, that's where my mind jumps to is the, vegetables. the vegetables. And but, it, but it's not where the actual diet pushes us to. No, the diet's pushing us towards um, a heavily uh, processed grain-based or soybean-based. Uh, diet. Now, there's concerns with that because you have to just dig a little bit deeper and you'll start to find out, you know, where this information's come from and where all of this has been funded. And, you know, we'll get to that in time. But, 
you can imagine that it's it's not that squeaky clean. And it's disappointing because The Lancet has published some great stuff in the past. I mean, it's interesting because in the past, The Lancet has published some things that they've uh, deemed as science, and then they've had to retract that because it was then deemed to be inaccurate. So maybe this might be one of those other things that they've had to, that they may need to retract. Well, it'll be interesting, Damo, because, you know, as we sort of said last week, the internet has been going a bit wild with this report since it came out. And mm. there really have been a number of people absolutely pulling apart the science on this one. So, yeah, we might even put a couple of links in there to some of the ones we've found that have been really pulling it apart because um, there, there's been some very interesting, yeah, people have gone right to the, to the point of analyzing all of the micronutrients that are in there and comparing them to. Uh, recommended daily intakes and all those sort of things and, and getting some really interesting results. But, um, you know, one of the other things that stood out, Damo, about the diet was that whilst they said that this is a diet for the planet and a diet for everybody um, and a diet that was going to save everybody's health, well, actually, once you look more closely at the diet and, and their recommendations, uh, you realize that they've actually admitted in their recommendations that it's, hey, it's not a diet for everybody, uh, that there's a lot of people that doesn't apply to and, and big, huge chunks of the world that it doesn't apply to. Um, but also um, that you're going to become deficient in some stuff and that you're going to have to take some supplements to make up for that, uh, which mm. straight away to me always makes me think like, well, what are we doing here? Why are we taking out food groups that provide these wonderful nutrients for us, saying it's healthier for us, and then saying, well, actually, but also you've got to replace those nutrients you're not getting because you're not eating those food groups with um, manufactured stuff uh, in supplements that, that rather than eating the real food. It just... Mm. It strikes me as very strange, Damo. Yeah, well, I remember uh, interviewing some people on the on on One Hundred Not Out, uh, two really you know inspiring individuals, um, aging successfully really well, and they'd committed to running uh, three hundred sixty five marathons over the space of a year. So they're doing a marathon per day, and they're doing it on a vegan <laughs> diet, and so they were running around Australia. Um, and uh, I think they started, maybe they started in Adelaide or finishing in Adelaide. The whole idea was that they would do at least a marathon every single day. And they were consuming about 36 bananas each per day, about, approximately. Yeah. Now, while the marathon was going on, and look, let's not say that eating 36 bananas is a, you know, a whole and rounded uh, diet. But while they were, you know, putting their body through this enormous amount of stress, obviously they were consuming lots of water. Um, and maybe they were, you know, eating some, they were definitely eating other foods, but to get them through the run, they're having quite a lot of bananas. It's like a banana every kilometer kind of, you know, deal, you know, and, uh, they had to go to hospitals and to doctors to get injections for B12, uh, because they were becoming yeah. significantly deficient in nutrients. Now it's very easy to say, yes, the diet didn't, you know, provide it cause they ate too many bananas. Yes, absolutely. It's very easy to say, oh, their diet was very, very simple. But what we do know from a vegan vegetarian diet is that there's significant nutrient um, insufficiencies in, in the food. Um, and unless we go to, uh, you know, growing our crops in an environment that uh, I, I suppose is richer in nutrition, we're going to have other underlying uh, nutrient insufficiencies that pop up. Uh, we're seeing the recurrence of scurvy and the recurrence of rickets in Australia, vitamin D and vitamin C deficiencies. And, uh, and the concern with that is, is that, that that implies that the amount of fruits and vegetables that children and maybe adults are eating here in Australia is in 
sufficient. In other words, uh, we can actually extrapolate that out. And there's a recent study that came out that said that 99% of all Australian children do not eat enough fruits and vegetables. And then all of a sudden, we're trying to get children to eat more of a plant-based diet. And like Brett said, my assumption and his assumption would be that's more vegetables. But in the case of children who aren't eating enough vegetables, the only thing that they'd end up doing is taking out um, animal-based products from their diet, which means that they're going to be propping up their diet with soy, wheat, and legumes. Mm. Now, the legumes, yes, I get it. Maybe you have some legumes, pop that with some quinoa or some brown rice, but we're talking quinoa and brown rice. We're talking about children who don't even eat vegetables. So how are they going to go with textures with brown rice and quinoa? They're not going to go very well at all. How are they going to go with tofu? I don't think they go very well at all. So do you think that they're going to go really well with legumes? Maybe not. It may, may be a bit of a stretch. And so it's a fair leap to actually say that this is the way to go. Well, what? the other thing that's important here, I reckon, Damo, is the difference between the bioavailability and and the conversion of some of these things in the human body. Because, you know, we're looking at uh, totals they're putting in there in terms of essential fatty acids. We're looking at totals they're putting in there in terms of heme iron, bo- both of which I think from this diet, from memory, from looking more closely at it, were already on the low side. Um, but then, but what they didn't take into consideration was the conversion of that inside the human body. So, yeah, I know you've taken us through this a number of times on the Wellness Guys before, Damo, but talk to us about the difference between essential, you know, plant-based essential fatty acids and animal-based essential fatty acids and, and also the heme iron because I found that really interesting reading about that too. Yeah, absolutely. There's quite a conversion process that takes place within the body and it requires a number of um, processes and it's difficult to go into in just one chat, but Suffice to say that the non-heme versions of iron, for example, what you might get from spinach, um, is very, very difficult to convert into the active form of iron known as heme, which we get from animal-based uh, meats such as red meat, even eggs we get a heme from. And, uh, and, and that has an immediate impact on our iron levels, uh, you know, from energy and heart health perspective and so on and so forth, immunity, etc., etc. So we do need to eat heme um, in order to assist our body to maintain our um, active stored iron levels, so ferritin, etc., uh, etc., et in our body. So we've got to be consuming heme. You can't just do it on non-heme versions of iron. It's challenging. It's tough. If your iron levels get too low, if your B12 levels get too low, it's actually very, very bad for your health and particularly really bad for your heart. So if one of the things that we're trying to do and trying to achieve is you know, improvement in longevity, you know, we're missing the boat straight up. You know, yeah, and, and this is another example, I think, of where this report just seems a bit disingenuous, isn't it? I mean, they've, they've quoted the levels of heme iron, they've quoted the essential fatty acids, but they just, they've skipped over, you know, either, you know, either they don't know about the importance of that conversion within the body and that that doesn't create the same levels ultimately as what it would from getting it from animal products. But I don't think so. I mean, these are, as you said, experts, experts in their field. They must know that that's required. So it seems a bit disingenuous to be saying, these are the levels that they're providing and, and this is how close it is to the you know recommended daily requirement without commenting on the fact that they're harder to convert. Yeah, 100%. And then you're looking at all the other plant versions of, of nutrients that may come into the body and, uh, and you know, the reality is, is that it's quite difficult to synthesize these, particularly the essential fatty acids. If you're relying solely on plant-based essential fatty acids, um, like, for example, omega-3 fatty acids, mm. you, you'll really struggle to get enough um, for human health. Uh, you really struggle uh, to get enough for, you know, for brain health. And 
children as they're growing require saturated fatty acids uh, and you know there's probably not enough coconut oil going around to feed the whole planet um, to supply enough you know saturated fat for children for, and growing brains so we don't want to be recommending low fat for children but potentially low sugar would be a good place to start when i look at the pictures bretto oh sorry brett when i look at the pictures um you know of some of the beautiful meals that they've designed that and they're presented as part of this uh, report they look fabulous they look absolutely fantastic restaurant quality a-grade beautiful looking meals and that would require some attention to detail but Bretto, oh, sorry, Brett, I know that you uh, and I enjoy cooking, but not everybody enjoys cooking. So in order to get this many colours, in fact, every single plate that I'm looking at in terms of the pictures here has somewhere between five and nine different colours. It's quite a lot of a of variety in fruits and vegetables. And I love that recommendation, but we've been trying to do this recommendation for, let's say, 40 years, and we still can't get there. So I, here's, here's my take on the Eat Lancet program so far is that it's a huge leap from where we are at today to where the eat lancet diet would recommend that we should be or could be but there's some undercurrent and there's some underground stuff that we need to kind of maybe look into with maybe a little bit of skepticism you can call that healthy skepticism or just um being skeptic and maybe if our good mates who are listening to this the australian skeptics association maybe you could also look at this and go hmm that just doesn't seem right and maybe call this out as well absolutely david before we get into some of those things though because i know there's a couple of points we really want to make on that and i want to make sure everyone listens to that because that's gonna be really important but just coming back to the point you made about the growing children and their brains and how important it is just to give you the list of the people that uh, the Eat Lancet admits its diet doesn't provide adequate nutrition for because there's actually quite a list of these, Davo, if you look closely into the study. <laughs> yeah. And so it says, as you said, that it doesn't provide adequate nutrition for growing children. So there's a fair chunk of the population. Bear in mind, they also said that this was going to decrease the risk of deaths by uh, 80%. What sort of – I can't remember what – chronic disease deaths, I think it was, wasn't it, Damo? It was, yeah. it was, it was a caveat disease. there, but it was decreasing by 80%, whatever it was. Yeah. Um, so you're taking out all of the children already. Um, adolescent girls only only take, children that are growing growing children yeah you're yeah. taking out adolescent girls yeah so they all go out as well yeah. you're taking out pregnant women yes so there's uh, there's another chunk you're taking out aging adults there's uh-huh. another huge chunk of the population uh-huh. okay and then you're also taking out the malnourished and the mal uh, and the impoverished so there's another okay. couple of billion that you're just taking out there as well <laughs> um and so there's huge chunks of the population that we're already acknowledging that this diet isn't going to work for, which makes uh, me think that it's an odd uh, diet to recommend for everybody. It's, like, it's, if we're saying this is the answer, how can it be? How can that be what we're designed to eat when it doesn't work for such huge chunks of the population? Well, we saw this. Uh, we've seen this sort of um, collaboration of science in the past, where you know there's been the assembly of experts uh, who have pulled together some information and. I, I truly believe that there'll be people that would have worked on this uh, that wholeheartedly believed that they've come up with a solution for humanity and for the planet. I, I truly believe that. Um, but there's a few, There's a, as we said last time, there was a few assumptions. So obviously uh, there was the assumption that red meat was bad and animal products are bad causes, heart disease, diabetes and cancer, mm. um, et cetera, et cetera. Um, that protein is essential, um, but it causes cancer is a, is a huge flaw. 
Um, Omega-3s are essential, of course, um, but they're saying restrict the amount of fish that you eat. Remember, we, we spoke about yeah. that last week. Yeah. And, you know, we've never, Changed. ever, ever heard any eating program talk about the restriction of yeah. fish um, intake. Um, the, there's a acknowledgement there that vitamins and minerals are essential. Now, the challenge with that, yes, vitamins are absolutely essential, um, and they come from fresh plants, not um, processed plants. So they've got to come from fresh vegetables and fresh fruits. Um, if they're not fresh and they're processed, then they've had to have vitamins added to them. And guess where those vitamins come from? Uh, the, the chemical companies. Um, and we'll name some of those chemical companies uh, later on. Mm. Uh, and the minerals uh, that we get access to, they come from the soil. Uh, and so ideally, our soil will be rich and nourished. Uh, and we know that uh, nitrogen and phosphate and potassium are generally the nutrients that are required to get, uh, you know, seeds to grow. Um, and they're, they're not really the nutrients that we're talking about. We're talking about, you know, iron and zinc and cobalt and copper and all those sorts of nutrients that our body requires. Uh, so, you know, there's a big miss there, a big, a, you know, a, a big miss. Um, well, obviously, you go. Let's, I was going to say, let's get into the big one then. Though. Let's start talking about why that miss might be there. I mean, the, the first thing that strikes you as you look at the report is the funding of the report. Um, and so the funding of the report was from the Wellcome Trust. Um, yes. whose partner, Henry Welcome, was raised a Seventh-day Adventist, which I find very interesting because, uh, A, because I know, Dama, you've spoken before about the Seventh-day Adventist in terms of, um, you know, in terms of uh, living to 100 centenarians. Um, and so, you know, we, we said last week, you know, there are some uh, vegans and vegetarians doing very well, you know. Yes. And so that's a good example, perhaps, of a group of people who seemingly are doing pretty well um, yeah. eating in in this way. Um, but But it's also important to remember that, when the funding is coming from that source, we, we know from the research that the source of the funding has an impact on the results that are found in all research. Um, and so it's just a, a little red flag or maybe an orange flag to bear in mind and sort of say, hey, you know, that's interesting. You know, that, that could lead to a little bit of bias in terms of the direction they're heading there. Um, and so, you know, you look at that and you think, well, that's interesting. But when you look closer, Damo, you were talking about the partnership, you know, EAT, EAT who is the group who've partnered up with Lancet to do this study, also yes. have other partnerships. Um, yes. And this is where it gets really interesting, particularly when we're looking at, um, you know, the groups uh, or, or the recommendations that have been made, particularly when we start talking about recommendations for lots of grains and lots of soya. Um, and so that they have a partnership with Fresh. And I know, Damo, you were just uh, reeling off some details about Fresh to me earlier. So tell us a bit about Fresh, Damo. They're an interesting <laughs> group, aren't they? Well, they are. Now, so Fresh stands for Food Reform for Sustainability and Health. Um, oh, sounds and great. Yeah, it sounds amazing, right? It's an effort to drive the transformation of the food system and to create a set of business solutions for industry change. Um, now, it's made up of 25 member companies. Um, uh, well, it started off with 25 member companies uh, from the World Business Council for Sustainable Development. And now more than 30 companies are now part of this project. Now, there's some good companies in here, but I'm just going to rattle them off just so that people, people's ears can you know, prick up. So let's just go through all 30 of, of the companies that you know, are listed here or you know, whatever we've got here. So Baker McKenzie, BASF, they used to make my, my uh, video recorder tapes. Um, <laughs> Bayer, anyone ever heard of that? company uh the yeah. boston consulting group you know very very smart people yeah, just Bayer, who do Bayer own uh well they own a company called monsanto i'm not sure oh, if you've ever heard of monsanto before interesting interesting mm. yeah uh, do they do anything with roundup or yeah uh, yeah i think cindy 
think Cindy and Miriam might have a little bit to say about them, Damo, because there's some mm. uh, very interesting comments coming out there. And, and you know, Roundup Ready crops, of course, which are, uh, which are fantastic with the uh, the wheat-based crops, which would be great if you're having a wheat-based diet. I think that would really, be great. Really good for our bees too. Really good for mm. our bees. Mm. Um, Bueller, that's a great movie, isn't it? Ferris Bueller's Day Off. Um, Cargill. <laughs> And I thought Car- I don't know what Cargo do, but Car- Cargo grains. 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 Yeah. yeah. Okay. Um, Surma Q. What are they? No. Don't know that one. Uh, CP know. Group Danone, um, Deloitte, DSM, yeah. Dupont. Yeah. Now, yeah. Dupont. Uh, they're like a chemical company, right? Oh, they own um, so much stuff. Three M's, that sort of stuff. Yeah. 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 Um, Edelman, um, Ivanik. Um, oh. I don't, I don't know what this one here is. Uh, Finsland companies, that must be from overseas, Europe. Um, Give Odan, um, Google. Oh, there we go. Um, IFF, ever heard of Google? Um, IFF, IKEA, um, yeah. Kellogg's, KDD, Kellogg's. Nestle, um, Olam, um, PepsiCo, Protix, Quanti- not Qantas, but Qantas, um, Sigma, Sone, um, Storienso, Simrise, Syngenta, Another pharmaceutical company, um, Unilever, and Yara. Now, I, I don't know what all of those companies do, but when I look at those companies, I can see that there's a lot of money there, which I really, really like. I'm a capitalist. I love it. But what I don't love is any kind of, you know, dirty, grubby stuff that's going on. And so I don't like where human health is compromised at the risk of the dollar, at the sake of the dollar, and it concerns me that potentially there may be a little bit of slippery business going on here. And so we just got to yeah. consider uh, whether or not there could be. You know, I, I, and I'm being sceptical. I'm, abs- I'm purposely being sceptical here, Bretto, or yep. Brett, because, um, you know, it worries me when I see that companies with vested interests, the ones that are funding the research and then the study that comes out, that gets out to 40 different countries and makes a recommendation to the whole of the world to change their diet. It just smells a bit funny. Well, it's it just at the very least when there's a correlation there between the the companies that are associated. And I'm not saying I don't know that they necessarily funded this particular study, but they're they're certainly associated with the organisation that did the study. Um, and it just it just looks it's a bad look when those companies make the products that have been recommended by the study. Um, and and the the evidence seems to be a little bit questionable. It's I'm not saying it's you know funded. I'm not saying it's bought out. But it's a, it's a bad look either way, Damo. You know, we don't want to get ourselves in trouble here. But it, it no. just it just doesn't look good, you know. And I'm sure other people listening in will definitely make their own conclusions on that. But it it really makes you wonder what's going on when you see that list of companies and you think, well, you know, it, it's 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 open to interpretation. It's open to bias. Um, and I'm sure they've done everything they can to try and avoid that. But it, the research suggests that. When there is that bias in the funding, there, there is a tendency to be a bias in the research. And so you just wonder how close this relationship is and, and whether this is having an impact. Yeah, absolutely. does concern me a fair bit, Brett. Um, Brett, I would have to say that just on the basis of that, just on the basis of the organisations that are involved in that, I'm going to look at this particular report with a different kind of lens. Like I'm a little bit sceptical of it. And, but just from that, like even if I didn't understand the nutritional science behind it. But because I do understand the nutritional science behind it, Brett, I'm also concerned that if people were to follow and to jump on board this first draft of the Eat Lancet 
um, protocol, um, I think that we would see some significant problems um, arise in around health and we might actually find that the recommendations or the outcomes that they expect to see, which is a significant reduction in mortality and morbidity um, as a result of a change in diet, um, may not be met. In fact, could in fact be reversed. Uh, so I'm going cautiously, Brett. Yeah, absolutely. And I think that's the way to be about this, Damon. You know, it might come in and say that they're right. You know, we, we might sit here in 10, 20 years' time and say, hey, that eat Lancet, they were ahead of their time. They were absolutely spot on. You know, yeah. even before all of the evidence came out, even before the science was really there to support them, they absolutely got it right. Mm. Uh, but I, at this stage, I think they've absolutely jumped the shark. Like, I think they've overstretched their recommendations. I think they've overplayed the research they've got. Um, I think they've underplayed the research they haven't got to support some of the recommendations they've made. I think we need to be very cautious about some of the relationships that are there that may or may not be influencing the study. But I think there's more than enough there to say that I'm personally not going to be jumping out and going to the Eat Lancet diet. You know, I'm pretty happy with my paleo diet and I'm happy to, as you said, Dame, I make sure I'm getting lots of vegetables in there. Uh, but I'm also happy to make sure I've got some really good quality animal products in there and, and to make sure that I'm sourcing that from places that are good for the environment and uh, and sourcing my plant-based stuff with places that are good for the environment and and i think good for the environment i think more vegetables and and less grains and soya and, and those big crops and you know less gmos and less of those other companies i yeah. think is a good thing as well and so that's the direction i'm going to continue to head demo until there is a lot stronger argument and a lot more scientifically backed argument made to convert to a diet such as the atlantic diet yeah me too just finally, from a recommendations perspective, um, I think we do need to change the way in which uh, cattle are farmed on mass. I think yeah. it's and all of our animals. I think that there needs to be greater respect given to our animals. I think it's very, very important. Um, there's no reason why our animals can't be, um, you know, looked after, fed well, uh, yep. and we know that there are sustainable farming methods um, in place. Um, I mentioned Maria and Henry Townsend just you know last yep. week. We spoke about um, Alan Savory last week as well. Um, we know that people can actually regenerate the land by using cattle and pigs and chickens um, and and sheep and goats. Uh, they can regenerate the land by you know moving these cattle in a particular way um, alongside the growing of you know different plants in different farms to to bring about. Uh, not only uh, environmental change, but potentially maybe climate change. But what I would like to suggest is that from this report, we take away some key points. Eat more plant-based uh, foods. And the way in which you and I would interpret that, Brett, is to eat more vegetables and fruits. Yeah. The second thing would be to choose wisely where your animal-based proteins come from. Make sure that they're healthy-based proteins. So we're not saying go down to your local golden arches and buy a two or beef patty special sauce, those three cheese, pickles, onions on a sesame seed bun. Yep. We're not saying get that. We're saying get good quality beef, get good quality lamb, get good quality goat, horse, pig, whatever it is that you're going to eat. Um, make sure that you're eating good quality uh, versions of that. Same as eggs and fish. Get it all sustainable stuff and healthy healthy foods. And from an oils perspective, be really careful. Just because you can cook with oil doesn't mean you should cook with oil. Use it raw as much as you possibly can. Have the saturated versions uh, if you'd like to. Um, but, you know, look into your genealogy and understand whether or not that's appropriate for you. So, you know, be a bit more ancestral about it. But eat more plants and choose wisely where the source of protein comes from. Couldn't agree more, Damo. I think that's a perfect spot to end it. Thanks, Bruno. Have a great week, mate. 
You too, buddy. See you next week. See ya. Thank you so much, everybody, for listening to this week's episode of The Wellness Guy Show. We hope you love the new feel. Remember to continue to interact with us and tell us what you thought of this and other episodes. Please head to facebook.com forward slash thewellnessguys and give us a five-star rating on iTunes. This is the way that we get to share our message with the world. For more information about Bredo and all that he's up to, please head to drbredhill.com.au. And to find out more about me, head to damienchristoff.com. Until we meet again, continue to bring wellness into your life and we'll join you next time on The Wellness Guy Show. This has been a production of thewellnesscouch.com. Check us out on Facebook and join in the conversation on facebook.com forward slash thewellnesscouch. Subscribe to each show on iTunes and check us out on Twitter. The Wellness Couch, streaming wellness into your lives. Whilst the Wellness Couch presenter endeavor to provide accurate and helpful information to their listeners, these podcasts cannot take into account individual circumstances and are not intended to be a substitute for health and medical advice from a qualified health professional. You should always seek the advice of a qualified health professional before acting on any of the information provided by any of the Wellness Couch podcasts.